right. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 95 of Murphy's Law. It's Charles Murphy hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva, back from another extensive break in between podcasts. So mm-hmm. we have quite a bit of stuff to catch up on. First, we should probably check in with Charles since it's been a month since some of you guys have heard from us. Uh, I'm fine. We've been very busy with the with the site relaunch, which we've been at least we've been like working on it for like I think three weeks yeah. at this point, and we officially launched it last week. But we're still sort of ironing out some some back end stuff. But it's been fun, man. Just like focusing on on the the back end of the site and making sure. We have something that is, I guess, more more professional than what we had before. Not that what we had before wasn't professional, but this one is like more like legit, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's been great. Um, I know you have been sort of been busy with the with your kids and all the sports stuff. So how's that been going so far? Yeah, it's um, summer's always. Even though I'm not at work, it seems like it's busier somehow. Um, but we finally finally wrapped up. Um, Arlen's travel softball season. She's really um, into some really highly competitive and, and top level travel softball state in the state of Michigan. So we're done with that, and you know, just in time for us to get back to school and uh, and get into all the madness again. I was I was excited to get back to school and, and get into a normal year. And now the closer we get, the more it looks like we're going to have our third straight year that's all screwed up from COVID. So. Right. Not looking forward to that at the moment. So when is that? When are you going back to school? Um, I start this a week from Monday. I go back to school. So I will start oh. the 30th. Um, no, that's not true. I will start the 23rd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it felt like um, vacation just started for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem like it just started. Because our recording schedules for the other stuff we do has been like pretty much like almost any time. Yeah. So kind of looks like we're gonna get back to that, to that uh, t- period where we're gonna have to fucking be specific on when we record. Yeah. So, very very limited free time coming up. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe you get the next podcast like two months after Shangxi. We'll see. <laughs> But yeah, so do, do we have any news? I feel like we missed a few stuff the past month or so. So what do we have here? Yeah, we missed a lot um, as we've as we've been getting through stuff. Um, the last time we got together would have been just after Black Widow right. debuted on uh, Disney Plus and theatrically, and we never really got a chance to talk much about that box office take or the big lawsuit filed by Scarlett Johansson and her people after um, Disney went ahead and put it on Disney plus. Yeah. So that was fucking crazy. Like, I don't even know what's like the current status of the whole thing because so many reports have come out since then. Um, Feige's pissed. Iger's pissed. He's pissed at Bob Chapek for sort of um, not, not caring as much about the fucking talent and whatnot. And it's been, it's just so fucking crazy to the point where it almost seems irreparable in at least for Scarlett's um, camp in Disney. It's really hard to imagine that, you know, unless there may be a change of guard with the, with the, with the, with management, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that Scarlett would be willing to work with Bob Chapek again, at least for, for the foreseeable future. Um, it it kind of seems like Kevin Feige has been, on Scarlet's camp for quite some time because he was advocating for the for the ex- exclusive theatrical release. So it is a very very tricky thing. Um, Disney's uh, uh, what do you call that? Like the 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 public statement they did was fucking insane. As yeah. far as blaming Scarlet for oh you you do not care about the people about COVID. It's kind of like dude, what the fuck you? Disneyland's fucking open, so you 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 can't say shit because how many people are getting sick because disneyland is open and right so it is absolutely insane that disney put out that statement and i guess for me like at the end of the day they should have fucking as soon as as soon as they decided to put it on um on on disney plus they should have hashed it out with scarlet okay so the box office might be not as good here's like here's some extra money or i don't know um please don't sue us 
it's just unfortunate for everyone involved, but we want you to be happy. But it kind of seems like they didn't want to do that, so that's where we are right now. Yeah, it's a it's a mess, and it certainly seems like I'm not a business guy. Um, it certainly seems like with all the time that they had to think about this, that this could have been addressed in private well before this happened, right? Like, mm. and and I don't I don't know how. In, in terms of public relations, a company as large as Disney lets something like this get this far where it, it ends up looking as bad for them as it does. Um, I guess they just made a decision and were willing to deal with the consequences. And it, it seems like the kind of thing where the, the lawsuit was made public, um, they'll probably go into negotiations with Scarlett's team and pay it off and it'll go away. Well. Why let it get that far if that's the the stance you were willing to take in, at all, right? You know, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look good. Um, you're talking about one of your mo- biggest and most consistent stars at at Marvel over the last, I guess, since what 2010 or so, so last decade. One of Hollywood's <clears throat> biggest names and most recognizable names. It just seems like it's just unfortunate that anyone at Disney thought this was a good idea. It's it's not unfortunate. It's ridiculous. And, um, yeah, we'll see what the outcome is. It just feels like one of those things that we'll never hear about again, because they'll, they'll sweep it under the rug and pay some money on the side and it won't be public, but it's wild to me that, that it, that it took this for that to happen instead of them being proactive about it. It makes you wonder what the room was like, you know, when Scarlett was filming all those, you know, promos for, for the D plus release of Black Widow. Because it yeah. kind of seemed like um, everything is fine. Like I think she did like some stuff with Feige on camera, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm imagining it. But she did some. Uh, she did a lot of fucking D plus promo for it, and she seemed okay. So I kind of understand how people are kind of like blindsided by, "Well, why are you suing them? I thought everything was fine. You were doing press. Why all of a sudden?" But I am very curious what the room was like. Um, like behind uh off air was she kind of like fucking losing her shit with feige over the decision is she was she just being like a total consummate pro where okay um i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do everything what you ask me so when you get sued you have nothing else to say about me yeah it could be like a case like that which i completely fucking understand in fact i think i've done that previously with like past jobs where where i'm like okay i'm i'm pissed but i'm gonna be a pro I'm gonna do everything I need to do in this job so you can't say shit when I get mad. Right. Be like a case like that, which again is a fucking baller move. Um, but yeah, I think they, the the Chapek and Iger stuff has to be worked out because it kind of seems like Chapek has been fucking screwing around. And I guess we can talk about Shang Chi because he did make a statement, a very tone deaf statement about Shang Chi being an experiment, you know, for for this sort of um. Um, situation we're in, which which rubbed people off the wrong way, especially including myself, because I'm kind of like, wow, nice to know that we're uh, the first fucking Asian superhero film is going to be an experiment and not, you know, not something they're they're really sort of um, um, fighting for. It's kind of like, you know, if you compare the the marketing push for for Black Widow compared to the marketing push for for fucking Shang Chi, it's like not even close. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like Simu Liu is the one sort of promoting the film himself. He's like posting a lot yeah. and stuff. And we're only getting like a few uh, spots. We're not even seeing that much promotional stuff with the actual stars themselves. I haven't seen Tony Leung on camera promoting stuff. I've seen only one sort of uh, promotional material with uh, Aquafina and Simu. And the uh, the other cast member whose name I'm forgetting, I've only seen that once so far. So Shang Chi is unfortunately gonna be the brunt of that experiment, and it's a fucking bummer for me. It's it's a really weird situation, um, and again, this is it, it strikes me as odd that people continue to let this stuff, or at least pretend that this stuff is sneaking up on them. It's been pretty apparent for like two months that we were headed in a shitty direction again and that theaters were going to have to make a choice about are we, we're going to, or, or studios, I'm sorry, we're going to have to make a choice about theaters as far as where they're going to go ahead and put their movies in knowing 
that they might underperform at the box office or were they going to pull them and, and use either, you know, either move the dates or use streaming. And so now when I when I hear Disney at this investor call make it sound like, well, it's too late now and we're kind of kind of stuck here in this in this right. bullshit. Like we've known this was coming and we've seen people with a brain have seen it coming. Um, and and you're I don't know if a lot of people understand. Uh, I don't know what our what our listening audience, what the demographics are. Um, this is a theatrical release only and a lot of countries aren't don't have theaters open so so like charles has zero chance of seeing this film right and like it's I, oh, go ahead i was uh, i was going to say like i'm i'm probably going to be able to watch this on what is it november 45 days after the right. movie comes out or right so a, a little bit over october so you know, as as part of my job, it's kind of like I'll be going from September to October, fully spoiled with Shang Chi. Yeah, by for the me, for me for to you be able to do your job, yeah. Yes, so that will be a fucking pain in the ass, and of course, press stuff like how many, how many um, Asian journalists are not based in in the U.S. Right. who want to see this, who will not be able to see this. This sort of monumental movie for 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 for, for Asians and and the community, like we're everyone's missing out on this because it's not on Disney Plus. And I, I get the argument, you know, the money stuff and whatnot. It's the sacrificial lamb. But I, I mentioned to you like um yesterday or the other the other day, if you had to pick a sacrificial lamb, why not fucking Jungle Cruise, where you have literally the biggest, the most untouchable star, the most bankable star, on the planet right now. If you yeah. had to fucking make an experiment, do it on that because you're not losing anything. You, you probably shouldn't do it with the IP that's new that nobody fucking knows, with uh, with a bunch of minority stars that nobody fucking knows, with with it's, it's, with an IP that's sort of banking on the fact that this should make money because it's 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 the first origin movie for Shang Chi. I kind of feel like Jungle Cruise would have been the better pick for that, and in, in that, it would be the best proof of concept. Okay. We have the biggest star on the planet, and no one's still watching this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the the best sort of experiment you can do, as opposed to Shang Chi. Yeah, it's Marvel, but nobody knows what the property is. Nobody knows who the stars are. If that bombs, you you still don't have a good metric of what the fuck works and whatnot. Compare that to um, Eternals. You have Angelina Jolie. You have Salma Hayek. You have the you know the two big Game of Thrones stars. Compared to fucking Shang-Chi, Eternals is probably more A-list than Shang-Chi. So mm-hmm. you should have fucking done it with Jungle Cruise and not Shang-Chi. Yeah, and, and in general, the, the approach here is very strange. Um, after a year, basically, of, of them being very inclusive with, by doing digital screenings um, right. and it, to, to press all around the world... They've gone back to not only is this a theatrical exclusive where they're they're making sure a good portion of the country can't see it unless they're they feel safe about going, but places all over the world might not see it at all, <clears throat> to not not even allowing press to see it without having to go to a theater. So there are only press screenings. Um, the premiere is is Monday, and then there are press screenings Tuesday and Wednesday. You have to go to a theater. They have them in like the top 30 markets in the U.S. I have no idea what overseas is like, but mm. they've completely taken away the ability for the press to even screen it uh, digitally, right? So right. it's it's just it's become back to this very exclusive game that that really just suits mostly the people in Los Angeles and New York, and it's just very it's a very interesting decision for them to make uh around this film it's like you're you're you're, this film needs as much exposure as possible and you're making sure that as few people as possible can see it and it's an international sort of market with you know with it being asian asian led it's kind of like out of all the films you you make exclusive it's fucking this one yeah it's it's very frustrating and it's even fucking crazy when you think about all the press stuff is fucking remote. It's not even in person. Yeah. So it's kind of like all your your every every junk it's gonna be done through Zoom. But then the, the screenings are fucking in person. It, it doesn't make sense. And it's absolutely insane that you know we're 
at least for me, I'm like I'm like suffering. Uh, I'm at the I'm at the unfortunate end of things where I'm just sort of like, okay, well, I just fucking eat shit and you know, wait for spoilers. I I'll experience the movie through Reddit. It kind of <laughs> seems like that's the way to go. Which again, it's kind of like, man, I can't believe I'm exp- I'm experiencing the first Asian film, superhero film, the first Asian MCU film like this. I'm gonna fucking have to experience it through fucking Reddit and not not through screeners and whatnot. And it's it's a bummer. And you know, it's like, what can we do? That's what Bob Chapek wants, maybe. So I guess it's his fault. I don't know. And and let's not kid ourselves. The biggest victims here are the people on our site who are going to be forced to read my review of the film rather than yours. <laughs> right. So that's a bummer. But at least our at least our our, our good friend Anthony is going to get to yeah. Watch it. I'm I'm very very stoked for him because you know it's 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 a, it's a big fucking deal and uh, you know he's going to get get to do some of the press stuff. So I'm excited to see what we get from that. But you know like I I just kind of wish. You know, we I, I I at least for me I, I get to experience it like this. But I guess it's a consolation that I'm not the only one because so many Asian journalists are gonna miss out on this mm-hmm. simply because we're not in any of those big markets where they're screening. But I mean, it's over, so hopefully those forty five days come quick because we gotta fucking watch Shang Chi. Yeah, and it's it is it blow, I I can't get my head wrapped around and you said it and just i guess to emphasize this like anthony and i are going to see the movie next week and anthony's going to do interviews in the old days it was the the premiere would happen they would they would then like rent out a hotel and journalists would go to the hotel and go room to room and and interview the talent following the premiere so for this it's go see the premiere and then go home and hop on a zoom call and talk to people (laughs) it's so that part of it is the same thing they've done this entire pandemic, but the screening has to be done in person. So it's very, it's just very, very strange as far as that that decision being made and 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 who is it benefiting and who is who's being hurt here? And it's not, I don't know, the word equity comes to mind. So it's it's very yeah. a very frustrating time, but we'll make the most out of it. Um, let's talk about something positive for a minute. Uh, something I think you and I both talked about the other day, we're very excited about it. And then even more evidence came out. We, we got a, a leaked picture at moon of moon Knight's costume, um, his moon Knight suit. And he looked amazing. And then I guess yesterday, uh, there was actually a small little behind the scenes video of him in action on the streets in Budapest. So, uh, what did you think of, of that look at the, at the suit? Oh, it's fucking, it's incredible. It's. It's crazy because when I saw this, it's kind of like, like I think I think I told you right away, like God damn, they made it look mystical, and yeah. that is sort of one of the things that that has to be with Moon Knight. Even though, like, it, 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 even in the comics, you know, it's Moon Knight's suit has been always sort of tactical. You know, he he's sort of Bruce Wayne, so his suit is sort of, you know, he makes it himself. He has all the gadgets. He has all the um, high end tactical gear to sort of build this suit. But I absolutely love that for at least in this MCU, this this first uh, I guess season, assuming this is the only suit, they're fucking going mystical with this, and it's absolutely brilliant. It looks mummified. It looks yeah super fucking ancient. Which again, I, I tweeted about this. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, why why isn't it? Why doesn't it look like you know Cap's Avengers suit? Why doesn't it have why doesn't it have like patches and like Velcro and and and, and Kevlar and whatnot?" I'm kind of like, dude, it's fucking he's uh. He's a, he's, he's a herald of a fucking Egyptian god. It's not supposed to look modernistic. It, it, it makes sense that it's not. It makes sense that it looks super, super runic and ancient and almost like used by a mummy. And I'm kind of excited to see how he even suits up with this. Is it going to be like, does he, has, does he have to like put it on? Does it like, you know, can he summon it when he calls on Konshu or... Does he pick up the suit at like an Egyptian tomb when he's in Egypt or something? Yeah. It's it's very, very exciting to think how he even gets his hand on this suit. And I saw the um what do you call this? The the set video, it's so short, it's like five seconds, and yeah. it's just like a dude running and jumping. Um but it makes me excited to see what the cape is gonna look like because I don't think the cape was in the leaked photo. No. Um and it makes sense because every cape is CGI and whatnot, but the fact that they managed to pull off this white suit 
a fucking white costume makes me hopeful that you know when we get we never when we when we inevitably get the Daredevil one, we're gonna get something really fucking badass. That's not dark, dark red. Maybe yeah. they can go bright red for once. Maybe they can, they can even go yellow for once. And seeing this Moon Knight suit makes me hopeful. I, my first thought on seeing it after coming around to thinking, okay, that's legit, was where has this been in the comics the whole time? And whoever this guy was that came up with this design right. should get a raise immediately. This is, <laughs> this, if you want, like you, you've already seen all the, and you said it, people are going to compare this to Batman. Well, now they're not, right? Like this is, yeah. this is your first, your first best way to dins- distance this from Batman is to make this suit look the way that they did. I love the idea that it looks mummified, that it looks, it looks like something that is, is going to, like you said, like appear or be summoned instead of something he has to put on. Um, it looks like it might even feel like he's part of that, that specter is just one in a line of, of the fists of Kanchu who have all, you know, had this kind of gear dating back thousands of years. So mm-hmm. I think it looks absolutely amazing. It, it makes it so distinct and I'm excited to see, um, you know, I guess in November there's this Disney plus day. I assume we'll get some sizzle reel like we got from Ms. Marvel. I'm excited to see it all, all in action with all the CG working, um, and to see what else, what else we get. But yeah, this, this first look and, uh, that little video yesterday of him jumping, obviously he's using the Cape to kind of glide after that. Cause he stays in the air for a little while. Um, man, it's, it's exciting to see that route. And now, Obviously, they they have to. That's, there's a lot more check boxes they have to check in order to make this work. But this is a good first step. I'm also kind of over fucking um, tactical suits. You know, it it looks great on on camera. It makes sense for the tacticalized militaristic world of the MCU. Yeah. But for Moon Knight, it's like it's it's a it's a nice, you know, it, it's a breath of fresh air. When you think about Wanda's suit, it's also very fucking mystical. It's not tactical. It's not Avengers made. Yeah. It's nice that we're getting mystical costumes, regardless of how Mark Spector puts puts this together. The fact that it looks lived in, it, it looks really fucking used. Like like you said, it kind of seems like you know the fists of Conchos have been probably using this 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 outfit for 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 centuries. It makes me so hopeful that for future costumes down the line. Like I'm like I'm I'm kind of now curious like for Shang Chi. You know, he has that red sort of um, that signature red outfit. I yeah. wonder if that's gonna be like ancient too, or if it's gonna be like you know very modernized, tacticalized suit. Does he pick that up from you know from from his father's sort of uh, wardrobe and whatnot? It, it just makes me so hopeful with the costume design. And did you see the the um, the concept? Oh, I, I think I, I think I linked to you the concept. Yeah. I, I asked if it was fucking real. If that shit is real. The fact that the cape kind of looks like angel wings—it's so incredible. It's it's why it's so next fucking level. And you you mentioned the whoever designed that. I think it's probably you know Ryan Reynolds thing or something. Mm-hmm. They really have fucking they perfected the art of translating the page into live action at this point. And this this brings up another point for me too. The 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 leak happens. Then the next day you see this grainy, shitty footage of the guy running down the street. I don't know why Marvel wants to continue to sit behind the eight ball on these things and, right. and not get out ahead and, and just show us. This is this routinely happens, and and DC has has made sure this doesn't happen. And even when Fox was, was doing stuff with Deadpool, they made sure it didn't happen. I don't know why they continue to want this to be the first things we see. You know, I just, it, it's, it's so crazy to me. And... They drive that leak culture forward by not giving little glimpses of things to people. Right. It's kind of like the thing with um, um, No Way Home. Like we're getting yeah. more shit from 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 toys, from from T-shirts than we are from than we are from Sony or Marvel. Um, clearly, they're waiting to see what happens with the with the theater stuff. But I feel like at this point, you should have fucking at least given us a poster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as opposed to us getting stuff from. Um, from from leaks from from merch leaks and whatnot, you know they're missing out on marketing. Marketing they yeah. can they control they have a say in. We're instead we're we're seeing this through leaks and it's unfortunate. I I, I guess you know a few weeks ago we saw another Miss Marvel leak with a with a 
with a with their, I guess, new powers. Again, that sparked another conversation, but it's a problem with leaks in that we're not, that's what's going to happen when you're so slow in putting out stuff. And I feel like for the Eternals, they're going to have to start putting out stuff before we see <laughs> actual leaks at this point. Yeah, it's it is it is interesting um, that they continue to to let that happen. I guess speaking of leaks, uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Liz had a, a pretty major leak about another series that's probably tied to Moon Knight uh, in Werewolf by Night that, that Disney Plus is now uh, is creating. It looks like it's going to get underway next early next year. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That, that was uh, that was a cool uh, find for Liz. Like because what wasn't they didn't um what's his name Kevin Smith like say that he couldn't use Werewolf by Night or something mm-hmm. in, in like a Hulu yeah. show. So um, I mean that's always been the biggest indication that. The studio has sort of um, an interest in tackling something. Um, like I don't know anything about Werewolf by Night, but I am excited by the prospect of having a werewolf in the MCU. Yeah. Um, Loki sort of confirmed vampires, so the fact that we're getting this now, a werewolf now, is very exciting for me. Um, as far as it tying into Moon Knight, that's cool. Um, I think we talked about it in the last Q and A how we want to how we want this werewolf to look do we want it to look like wolfman classic uh, universal horror or do we want it to look um van helsing hugh jackman yeah um i still don't know what i want i still don't know what i want but i'm just stoked that we're having a werewolf yeah in 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 the i guess the biggest part of the story here is that it's coming soon right like, like we just had less than a year ago we had a disney investor day and they said hey we got um these shows coming out, and 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 after um, She-Hulk and Moon Knight, they jumped to Ironheart and Armor Wars. Well, I guess Secret Invasion was in there too. But now we know that Ek, both Echo and Werewolf by Night have jumped the queue ahead of, and they're going to both start ahead of Ironheart and Armor Wars, right? So both of them starting um, in like January or February of of next year, starting production. So we also know that there are a bunch of other unknown properties out there um nine or so more that we don't know about and, and i guess that the another thing that we kind of could slip in here is that it was you know uh brad winderbaum recently was promoted to like head right. of the animation department for for marvel and has said that there are going to be more canon animated series so some of these might be those um but it's just it's crazy how much seem has seemingly changed since that investor day announcement we've we've seen um miss marvel now moved to 2022 um and i guess without saying too much that's a that's a reshoots thing an additional photography thing and not not in the sense that they were unhappy with it but the scheduled additional photography had to be delayed i guess is the safest thing we can say so before people jump to conclusions that it's a negative thing it isn't it's it was a scheduling thing um but so that's moved we know blade has moved since then Captain America 4 was at one point pretty fast track. That's been slowed down. It's it's crazy to think how much in in less than a year has already. We're eight months, you know, just a little bit more than eight months since we had that presentation. And we're already looking at a very different schedule. I mean, speaking of Brad Winderbaum, I find this promotion very, very fascinating in that I feel like a lot of the parliament people are, are, are getting promotions in huge ways mm-hmm. that aren't just you know, relegated to them being producers on a movie. Um, it, it never actually, you know, hit my mind that, oh my God, some of these people can be heads of, of their own division. And yeah. seeing Brad become the head of fucking streaming, animation, and I guess television, that is pretty fucking wild. It makes me wonder, like, for for Nate Moore. I feel like Nate Moore, for me, is the, you know, he's he's the Roy Thomas to Kevin Feige Stanley. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the one to take over Feige eventually. I guess before it would have been Jeremy Latcham before he moved to Fox and whatnot. But I feel like it makes me excited for some of the producers here, like for um, for for uh, who the fuck are the other producers? Eric Carroll or for um, who's the other? Who's the Doctor Strange guy? I'm I'm missing his name. It's not Brad Winderbaum. It's um, what the fuck is his name? Um, <laughs> let me fucking search it. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, Guardians producer. Anyway, uh, regardless, oh, whoever these people, Schwartz. 
yeah, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, Jonathan Schwartz, Trin Trang. I, I'm I'm so excited to see what the, what how they how they climb up the the Marvel Studio sort of ladder here, and 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 it's exciting for me because Kevin Feige is creating more divisions for these people to to um to flourish in. It's not just okay, you guys are my five producers. You're all gonna wait until I leave, and then it's a free for all. Who gets my job? Nope. You're gonna you're gonna be the head of this. You're gonna be the head of that, and that's that makes me so happy for all of them who've been there since, who've been there since you know maybe day one, for yeah. since phase phase two, phase one, and it's I'm so happy for all of them that they're getting promotions like this. Yeah, it's it's very cool how they've they've worked things there. Some of these people have been had started you know as as assistants to Feige all the way back with Iron Man, and are now. In, in key positions and they foster a very positive environment there. And they also, um, I think a lot of these people are, are paired or partnered with, with younger execs and they bring them up and, and nobody seems to be terrified about losing their job, right. To, to the guy that they're training. It's a very cool, um, kind of culture that they've created there. And it's obviously very successful. Right. And by the way, the job is streaming television and animation, but the fact that Streaming and television are separate. Makes me yep. sort of wonder, ooh, why is that? Why isn't it just streaming and animation? Do they could they have plans? Because I know that Kevin Feige has some sort of deal with ABC mm-hmm. from like two three years ago. So maybe there is some like actual like classic traditional television Still programming. Yeah, like programming here that is you know in, in the pipe. So. It's exciting. Maybe they'll bring a third season of Iron Fist to ABC. Right, and uh, your favorite actor Finn Jones got got into like some fucking trouble this weekend. <laughs> yeah, people people seemed pretty unhappy with Finn. Uh, I, I guess the the Save Iron Fist campaign hashtag Save Iron Fist uh, <laughs> was took a, a big slap, a backhanded slap to the nuts when the the guy who worked with training the actors for their fights basically said that Finn Jones had zero interest in training while, while uh, Jessica Chadwick would, would bust her ass for four hours a day for her fights. So th- this has uh, just really rattled the Save Iron Fist community on Twitter. <laughs> Which, by the way, according to Finn Jones, he just didn't have enough time. Yeah. He was working 17 hours. Meanwhile, the stunt folks were working 22 hours. So... I mean, I just tweeted about this between between the dude who's had three chances of making a good Iron Fist and still nothing, and the stunt team who, despite all odds, made something that was really, really fucking decent, as as, as evidenced by Colleen Wing's fight scenes. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking believe the dude. I'm gonna believe Brett Chen and his team compared to fucking whatever Finn Jones has to say, because the proof is in the tape. The proof is in the pudding that. Jessica, um, uh, Jessica Henwick, Jessica Henwick. Sorry, I said Chadwick. Yep. Jessica Henwick's fight scenes are clearly miles better than you know Finn Jones's fight scenes. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe you know Finn Jones was kind of just lazy or whatnot. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he really didn't enough time. He he didn't have enough time. The point is, he did not work as hard as Jessica Henwick did. Yeah, and and it it's been. Uh... Funny to see the the Iron the Save Iron Fist campaign now cannibalize itself, and right. as it goes, like I've I've always I've always shook my head at that in in the first place, and tried to really struggle really struggled to try to understand why anyone would want Finn Jones back, and now yeah uh, now it's even even as the proof continues to mount that maybe he was part of the problem they'll they'll still try to stand up because i guess people will fall for anything at this point but yeah we get closer and closer to hopefully uh another iron fist if should they decide to use the character again in the mcu i mean some people think that um the the lady in green in the iron fist trailer fighting Mm -hmm. shang chi trailer yeah fighting wenwu um some people think that is uh an iron fist um i don't think it is but I kind of understand why people think it is because one of the one of the more one of the more ancient Iron Fist is the the uh, Pirate Queen of 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 Ping Hai Bay, which is one of my favorite um, Iron Fist stories ever. Mm-hmm. That she is, I like how that story for 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 
those of you who don't know, like one of the earlier Iron Fist was was this. I think she she was a runaway from Kunlun who eventually, I think, uh, butted heads with um, was the name of the uh, Thunder guy, the the master. What's his name? The August Master and Jade. Yeah, what's his name? What the fuck? He's like a lightning something. I remember this runaway butting heads with him. She she, events, she eventually runs away. She's an Iron Fist and she runs away from her thing because I think her lover sort of got shipped onto slavery and something like that. And then she becomes this total fucking badass warrior, like a pirate with a... She, she basically uses her Iron Fist powers to fucking fire, you know, like a special bow and arrow, like a flaming bow and arrow. And then she basically... Yep. She basically saves so many... So many um, uh, colon- colonies, um, uh, pirates, and whatnot, just to find her lover. And for me, that was one of the most fucking badass things I've ever seen in an Iron Fist story. And if they decide to bring that into um, Shang-Chi, man, I I would hate myself more for not being able to watch the movie the same time as everyone else. Apparently, she was she was in the Iron Fist show which i don't remember but yeah she got into a what did she do she, well lee lee kung was training her right lee kung yeah yeah then she left i'm trying to remember that story but i'm I'm looking here and apparently they brought her she was in oh she they mentioned her in iron fist i guess oh, in the series okay. i didn't even so yeah Wu wu ao she yeah was mentioned okay I guess that's not canon, so who gives a fuck? Oh, I, you know what? It was the Pirate Queen of Pinghai Bay. You've heard it before. When I was a kid, it's a bedtime story. Yep, so it was. I do remember that now that, oh. I, that I hear it. Well, that's not canon now because... <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, for reasons and whatnot. So. Well, yeah, well, I, I do find it interesting that they chose... And I think that's that Shang-Chi's mom that they're showing in, those, in the trailer, in those images. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that they chose to have her in the green and yellow um, to at least make people connect to to the Iron Fist, right? That is an interesting choice. Would you be mad if they sort of made that, you know, made um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, who is presumably Shang-Chi's mom, what if she's an Iron Fist? Do you think that that would sort of break the lore? In that, you so, know, Shang-Chi is, Shang-Chi is like half... Mandarin's kid and half Iron Fist's kid. Like, is that is that is that too much of a change in the lore? I, I mean, they've they've changed so much to begin with. I wouldn't be mad. I think the character that that is is Fala Chen. Is Fala Chen's character is is that um, character who in the green and yellow dress? And then I don't know. I haven't figured out yet if she's supposed to still if Michelle Yeoh is supposed to be playing just an older version of the character mm-hmm. or an ancestor of the character. Or I'm sorry, a descendant, a descendant of the character. I haven't, I haven't figured that out. But if, if that character that Fala Chen is playing is, you know, is an Iron Fist who ends up, um, you know, somehow having, being Shang Chi's mom, and, and there's some connection there, I wouldn't be terribly upset, um, because it would mean, I guess it would mean that still, we would be able to see an Iron Fist, and and maybe right. have a good Iron Fist story. I, I don't the. The MCU is is obviously always changing things, and this this change, while it would be pretty drastic, it wouldn't I wouldn't be offended by it at all if it allowed us to get closer to a, a good Iron Fist story in you know in the next five years or so. I'm sort of like imagining because there are sh- there are some shots in the Shang Chi trailer where Wen Wu has long hair. Which yeah. makes it seem like you know he was he's been around for like you know who knows like hundreds of years, yeah. but when he's fighting um, Fala Chen in that scene, he has short hair, which makes me think yep. that is that is uh, relatively recent. I mean, who knows? Maybe Wenwu has been like rocking the short hair for like hundreds of years at this point. But it's interesting to see. It, it, it's interesting to rather Michelle Yeoh and this character are different. I thought for I, I thought I've been thinking that they've been one character only, but now that it, they could be two separate characters, it makes me wonder who this fa- character Fala Shen is playing. 
What are you What are you gonna do? Like, I, I'm gonna see it on Wednesday. Are you gonna want me to tell you? Are you gonna just hold out? I mean, hold out for what? It's kind of like <laughs> the fuck. Till mid October. For October, November, I, I I might as well find out early, so I can work properly. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's gonna be interesting when I watch Shang Chi for the first time, knowing knowing full well what the leaks are, what what's happening, or what what this what the spoilers are. Um, if if it if it will be any better when I watch it, knowing everything else, or will I will I dislike it less? It's gonna be a very interesting experiment for me. That's gonna be. That's going to be a, a, an experiment. Watching an MCU film completely spoiled. Knowing what's going to happen. If it's going to be any better or any worse. Yeah, that'll be new for you. That'll be you treading on my territory. Because we usually keep you pretty spoiler free. Right. So maybe I'll hate it. Maybe I'll love it like you. So who knows? We'll, we'll know. This will be, be, like you said, the first experiment. All right, what do we have left? Do we have anything left? Yeah, we've got a couple things. Um, we've seen Venom 2 make another another move just a few weeks, which is so weird. Like, do they really think the that things are going to clear up three weeks later or two weeks later um, as yeah. far as the as far as COVID goes? But yeah, we're we're on now our fourth different date for there will be carnage, and I just wonder if there's ever going to be carnage. Well, the trailer makes it seem like there's there is going to be carnage. Um... We talked about it a bit earlier before we recorded. I, I sort of skimmed the trailer after forgetting everything about it, you know, a week after it came out. Um, it looks good. Um, it's not, like, it looks bland. The, the colors are, like, it's it's pretty much gray, blue, and a bit of red from, from Carnage. But I don't mind the stupidity between Eddie and the symbiote. It's kind of like they're leaning really hard towards their relationship which doesn't make sense it's it looks super fucking ridiculous and and ludicrous but it, it's entertaining enough to the point where you know it, it might be so bad that it's good yeah um, i like that woody harrelson doesn't have the carrot top hair i yes. like that his transformation to carnage looks pretty sick i don't like the fact that though he becomes carnage by biting eddie brock's hand it's kind of <laughs> like like that's way too fucking easy to become a symbiote host. There has to be a better, a harder way to become a symbiote host because by that logic, you know, if a dog bites you and you have you have a symbiote inside of you, or you're gonna get fucking symbiote dogs. If a mosquito yeah. bites you, they're gonna be symbiote mosquitoes. So there has to be a better way for <laughs> for Cletus Cassidy to become Carnage here. But unfortunately, it kind of seems like that's how he's gonna be Carnage. But I know it, it looks watchable. It looks like a nice waste of two hours, so I don't know. I'm 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 willed, but I'm not. I don't hate it. I'm gonna watch it I, when it comes out, but I don't know how I, you feel about it. No, I I think Carnage looks incredible. That's the one big takeaway for me. Um, it looks right off of a page somewhere, and with Andy Serkis in charge of the VFX, I, there was a sure it was a pretty sure thing yeah. that the VFX would look pretty good here, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's. He's directing. He's not going to put shit out there. So I was really impressed with the way Carnage looks. Carnage isn't one of my favorite characters. I, I know there are a lot of people who are very excited just, just to see Carnage in general. Um, I guess I I miss that that time in comics where I didn't end up falling in love with the character. And then I had to catch back up on who he was. And um, it's never been... Though, even the whole Venom... The, the whole fascination with Venom has never really been my thing. Um, my kids both loved the first movie because they don't have any, you know, comic book connection to the character and to the Spider-Man part of it. Um, I've watched it three or four times and I've never really, I don't even know if I finished it other than the first time. Um, but this, this to me looks, it looks fun. I love Woody. Um, I'll always, I'll always have my one vodka shot with Woody. So I'll, I'll probably watch everything he's in and, and really, for the character that he's playing, I don't know if you could ask for a better actor than Woody. Um, he could tap into his natural-born killer's root, you know, roots yeah. if he had to, and and really do some pretty crazy shit here. So Woody's one of those characters that, to me, probably you just let go, right? You just tell him, like, here's here's where we're headed, and you just go ahead, and, and you're going to get a good performance out of him. But um, yeah, I'll watch it if it ever comes out. 
Yeah, I feel like for for Cletus Cassidy, you got to get an actor like Woody who happens to be in the vein of Nicolas Cage as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of he's kind of goofy. I guess Woody has uh, has had a better career as opposed to as, as opposed to Cage who has been making a lot of questionable film choices, but Woody has, you know, he's got True Detective. He he has so much acclaim work under him that isn't yeah. necessarily b-movie quality do you know what i mean i feel like nicholas cage has a lot of good work under him but a lot of those films tend to fall into the schlocky sort of you know grindhousey you know, drive-in theater type, type of films again it's, it's not a this uh, those kind of films but it isn't the vein of those kinds of films um it's very niche compared to woody sort of you know he 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 i guess he works with um fancier directors so to speak yeah. But so so seeing him sort of ham it up playing Cletus Cassidy is very very welcome. <laughs> and I, and I'm with you. I mean I mean I grew up reading. Oh my god, I've so I have very vivid memories reading Maximum Carnage from 96, 95, 97. My my dad seemingly has most of those those comics. I feel like he's missing like just two issues. So I distinctly remember Peter Parker teaming up with Venom fighting Carnage fighting Demo Goblin fighting Shriek, and not not quite understanding what the problem was like not not quite understanding what the conflict was like I did I I did not know what Maximum Carnage meant I just saw Spider Man teaming up with Venom fighting Carnage and his posse <laughs> yeah so I guess in many ways this movie is gonna be nostalgic for me um, now that I'm thinking about it like oh yeah I I do remember reading a lot of Carnage stories so. Who knows? Maybe this might be my movie of the year after all. <laughs> you might end up loving it. Yeah, I'm, who knows? I'm with you on the idea, though, that if if all it takes is for the exchange of bodily fluids for the for the symbiote to be passed on, I'm pretty terrified. Yep. So, like, if if maybe if Cletus decides to jerk off in prison, and then a guard maybe you know steps on his steps on his uh juice. Maybe we have another fucking symbiote. Maybe that's toxin. You <laughs> maybe that's anti venom. Like who knows? Yeah. Just maybe. think of think of Silence of the Lambs, right? When the guy throws throws it at Jodie Foster's character. There you go. You've created a new symbiote. Maybe it's anti venom because they're both white. So it's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of discussing how to think about how these symbiotes in ABR and Spider Man verse is gonna procreate. It's unfortunate, but thanks, Avi. Yeah, thanks Avi. Thanks Matt. Thanks, um, thanks Amy. Thank you, Avi. <laughs> All right, what do you have left? Uh, the the last thing we have is pretty. Actually, I was pretty pumped about this, um, and I'm I feel bad because I've never said this kid's name out loud before. I always refer to him as the kid from Cobra Kai, but he has a name, um, and so I guess would what would would we go with Zolo? Solo Mariduena? Mariduena from, from Cobra Kai, who plays Miguel on Cobra Kai, was, has landed the role as Blue Beetle, as Jaime Reyes in Blue Beetle. And there, we, we talked about this, I think, on the Q&A. People are a little down on the fact that like this film is going to HBO Max. I'm excited. And, and because I just don't know that otherwise we'd ever get a Blue Beetle film. And... For me, even though I love Batman, DC has Batmaned us all to death, and they've just continued to push out the same characters year after year after year. So I'm all for Blue Beetle getting a film, whether it's HBO Max or not, because we've seen, like, look at the look at the critical re- or the fan response to the Suicide Squad. Most people watch that on HBO Max. People are going to watch this film. We have to stop worrying about box office returns as a measure of how successful a film is. And so you've you've got a good filmmaker and now you've got a lead who young fans specifically are going to to connect with and be familiar with because he's been on Cobra Kai and been and he's been a huge hit on that show and he does a great job. So this is a win for for me to to see him get a huge role as a superhero and I don't care that it's going to HBO Max. I'm excited. It it gives it a chance to live when it just seems like the people at Warner Brothers aren't going to put these films in the theaters unless they have Batman in them. Right, plus everything is going on HBO Max. It's kind of like, what's the difference? Suicide Squad is on HBO Max. It's fucking incredible. I think, I mean, I I guess we should segue a little bit. The box office problems with Suicide Squad, it kind of seems like it's bombing. But I think 
that is because it's on free it's for free on HBO Max. Yeah. I feel like Warner may have shot themselves in the foot by not, you know, making it a premium sort of thing where, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be 30 bucks, maybe it can be like 20 or 15. But yeah, the reason it's bombing it's not because it's bad, it's because it's fucking free on HBO Max. Yeah. And if they want to start, you know, combating that problem, then you gotta put a premium on it. Just like this, like Blue Beetle, if it's gonna be on HBO Max, put a premium on it. Make it like um 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks if you wanna if you wanna match uh Disney's price point. But uh, uh, like it's not an issue for me that it's on HBO Max or or rather like for the same with the the Disney stuff. It, it doesn't matter for me if it's on Disney Plus because uh, the, the the situation we're in, like we cannot complain that. You know, it's not in fucking theaters because it's not it's not feasible at the moment. But you know, going back to the character, I don't know anything about Blue Beetle, but I've always loved the um, the Jaime Reyes version of the costume. It's fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah. And um, my exposure to it has been in the Injustice game, the Injustice Two game, where Blue Beetle looks absolutely like a fucking beast. And seeing that we're getting this version makes me super excited. I do kind of wish that we maybe get some Ted Cord in the movie, um, because Ted Cord is a classic. The name alone, like Ted Cord, it's like super fucking classic. Right. And you know, I hope that you know the kid they got, you know, Solo. He look, he's super fucking handsome. I haven't watched Cobra Kai, but I saw him like on the um, Suicide Squad red carpet. He's there yeah. already with the director, and he's just so super excited to do it. And you know, you can't help. But be happy for the for the kids. So you know, I'm excited that we're getting Blue Beetle. I'm excited that you know we're getting a batch of DC heroes that will be played by people of color, uh, the, the, a lot by a lot of Latin Latinx actors. You know, we got Supergirl, we got this. I feel like I'm missing someone else here. They they announced another actor who's 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 Latinx who is playing another major sort of um, uh, DC character. I, I, I'm fucking forgetting, but I absolutely love that we're getting you know. This next next batch of heroes, you know, yep. representing that community. That is absolutely exciting for me. Uh, the, uh, the the actress that I missed, who's playing Barbara Gordon in the Batgirl movie. Uh, okay, Leslie yeah. Grace. So the three of them, Leslie Grace, um, fuck, I'm forgetting the Supergirl's actress name. Solo. The three of them look so fucking great together, and it, it makes me kind of wish that you know maybe there's a team up here. You know, waiting, but man, I'm really excited for all of them. This new generation of actors—they're—they're they're mm-hmm. gonna be able to play some really fucking sick characters. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, and and like I said, putting on HBO Max doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I've gotten used to watching these things on my TV screen, and I'm actually pretty content with it. So, all right, guys, uh, thank you for for listening in for our first podcast in over a month. Like. Charles did say we we will I'll be headed back into school and actually that that more regimented and and more uh, scheduled time for me makes it easier for for us to get stuff done so maybe maybe we'll get back to some sort of normal recording schedule. Um, other than that, we hope you're all doing well and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.